Tonight we're going to begin a series that we'll actually skip next week because we'll be at camp and then we'll come back and finish it up. But tonight we're going to begin a series uh, that we we do every two or three years um, because there are certain fundamentals of the faith that you just got to revisit time and time again. Um, that it's good for all of us to be reminded of. And also I just want to grind it into you because I want you to learn it and remember it. So, yeah, take notes. Even though you took notes the last time, seniors, none of you have them anymore. I bet you don't. I bet you don't. We'll see. That's right. Tonight we're going to begin a series on worship and what it's all about. And then we'll follow that with uh, the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts, and use in corporate worship and all that good stuff. So, you still have notes from the Holy Spirit stuff, probably. You've done that more often than this one. Worship, what is it really? Y'all give me some answers real quick. What do you think worship is or define it for me? Okay, we definitely need to do this series again. Anybody? It's a lifestyle, all right. That's all you got for me? Wow. You might as well just pack up and go home. Seriously, that is all you've got for me? Where's your notes, Amy? <laughs> you weren't here for this one. Okay. Worship. What is it really? Listen. Worship uh, could mean a lot of things. We definitely use that term loosely. When do you think you worship? Connor. Okay. Anybody else? The question was, when do you worship? When you're doing anything to bring glory to God. Okay. Anybody else? Very good. Score, and you weren't even here for the series last time. Way to go, Sarah. Yes. All right, we're going to dig into that. That's what we're going to be covering the next few weeks. So we're going to kind of give a definition to worship. We're going to talk about what it is. We're going to talk about when we do it, and it's important. You guys need to know this stuff. All right? You all ready to dig into this? Oh, I can tell you're excited. You sound like the Sunday morning crowd now. Thank you, Stephen. Yes. By the way, what was that? A couple weeks ago when I'm preaching and I ask you to quote Philippians 2.13 and Stephen is the only one that does. What was that? Hey, just because adults are in the room doesn't mean you need to go. Next time I call on you, you better shout it out, youth. It's your one time to shout and not get reproached for it in church. You know, y'all should like jump up, like chairs should go flying back and you should be like. That's right, dude. Running around, screaming it. Just like Cade did when Richard preached about the real Nacho Libre. Remember that? Anybody here? Sunday morning when Richard was preaching about it, and all of a sudden in the middle of the room you hear, Nacho! Right? You guys should lose some of that shame, man. All right. The first thing we need to establish about worship is uh, that there's two two really parties involved, okay? There's the worshiper, and then there's the object of our worship. And um, you are a worshiper. Everyone in here is a worshiper. Um, worship is not just singing songs. It's not just when we come in to church on Sunday mornings or to Sunday night. 
we are worshipers. We were created to worship. It is in, it is innate in us. It is part of our genetic making, genetic processing uh, that God created us with. We need to worship things, not so much some of other God, God, the rest of God's creation. You would think. You don't see animals like. Um, I've never gone to the zoo and seen a chimpanzee like when they throw the the. The food in there, I've never seen a chimpanzee, like a male chimpanzee, go and take a banana and take it to his hottie, you know, and give her the banana. Never. What does chimpanzees do? What do they do? They eat it. In fact, the male goes and he's like, back off. I will eat my fill and then you can come eat. If you've never seen that, go to the Dallas Zoo. They've got a great chimpanzee uh, expose. And then after they're done eating, they throw poo at you. We are, we are God's creation, and it is, it is within us to worship. It is, it is who we are, is declare worth to some, something or someone uh, all the time. Uh, I got comments after the, uh, the playoffs that from several people, because obviously I posted a lot on Facebook about the Mavericks throughout the playoffs. And I got several comments afterwards um, because I had these – I've got three or four Dallas Mavericks playoff T-shirts, right? And so there, for a while there, all I was wearing was blue. And some people started commenting, and they were like, man, you really love that shirt. And I was like, well, actually, I got four of them, but, yeah, I do. You know, I'm supporting the team or whatnot. And what was really great was being at Disney World when they played game six, being in Florida, right? My father-in-law and my brother-in-law and I, uh, we intentionally uh, went home, went back to the hotel early from the parks that night so that we could watch the game. And so we went down to the hotel bar down there, had a big screen, and we walked in, and we were ready to be, like, heckled all night long, right? So we th- the three of us walking in our Dallas Maverick blue, and we walk in, and lo and behold, there was only one Heat fan in the whole place. You know, it was awesome. Uh, everybody else in Florida and the rest of the world was rooting for the Mavericks because they just wanted to stick it to LeBron and, and Dwayne Wade, you know. But, but – it was fun. It was exciting. I remember walking around the park, too, with one of my blue shirts on, and, and the, we're in the middle of Magic Kingdom. We're actually walking through the castle, if you've ever been. We're walking through the castle. We're walking out the back into Fantasyland, uh, or for Fantasyland. And, uh, and there's this guy coming from the other side of the castle, and he's got a Texas shirt on, University of Texas jersey. And he goes, Dallas, yeah! Like that, you know, and everybody in the park stops and turns, and, and my brother-in-law and father-in-law and I are like, "Yeah, go Mavs!" Woo, you know, and all the Heat fans are like, <laughs> all two of them, and the rest of the park was like, "Okay, yeah." So when's that show? No, that's not part of the Disney show. Anyway, we worship. It's what we do. Even, even, I- it's amazing, you know. Um, you you watch. My wife watches Good Morning America. Why, I don't know, but it's one of those shows that she likes to watch. And every morning now in the, in the summers, the past couple of years, they've done these summer concert series or whatever. They're doing it outside, and they're bringing some artists. Every once in a while, they're bringing somebody good. Usually it's somebody that the, the people that report on that show, like they loved them when they were kids, so they bring them in, and nobody today knows who they are, you know, just random folk. But. Uh, every once in a while, you'll have people that everybody knows, and you'll see people like just crazy. I remember when Lady Gaga uh, was on Good Morning America, 
they went down and they interviewed some of the people outside. And some of those people had been standing there from, there was this one group of people, particularly from all the way from England, were visiting the States. And they stood out there for four days to have their front row spot right there at the thing to watch Lady Gaga. And I'm thinking, you're crazy, you know. Just go to a butcher shop and look at some hanging meat, you know, and there's her outfit for the day or whatever. But um, I knock on her a lot. She's actually a very talented musician, but her lyrics suck. But um, they worship her, and we all do it. We all worship different things. It's not a question of whether you are a worshiper. The question is what do you worship, all right? Every day, all day long, every place you worship, it's what you do, it's who you are, it's what you were created for, okay? Ask, just look at my, my boys from the time, any kid, from the time they're very young. You find out what they're excited about. And, you know, like, like my boys, you tell them they're, the other day, they, I told them, all right, Kim was going, actually it was last night, Kim was going over to Susan's. And so, uh, you know, daddy mode kicks in and Kim's like, doing the list. You guys, what are you going to eat? What are you going to do this? I need you to bathe them by this time. I need you to put them in bed by this time. Much like that. And uh, and I just said, 36, dad, got it handled. Go. Bye-bye. And so we went outside. Or I, the boys were up there playing. I was like, boys, get your shorts on. We're going to go run through the sprinklers. And you would think that I was taking them back to Disney. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Running into each other, getting their shorts on, all this kind of stuff. Because they were having fun. And, dad, you're awesome. <laughs> you know, we do that. As human beings, we all worship something. And the question isn't whether we're worshipers. The question is what we are worshiping. And if you really take an honest look at yourself, all of us worship all the time. So let's get into what worship really is, okay? Worship is simply about value. It's our response to what we value the most. Make sense? Worship is our expression of what we value. When we value something, then we worship it. Worship comes from the old English word worth-ship. We declare its worth. We give it value, worth. McDonald's toys are junk. They're trash. They all end up in the trash after a few weeks because kids forget it. But when you're in the drive-thru in McDonald's and you have little kids and they look at the menu, McDonald's does a great job of marketing and they put their toys up there and the kids are like, <gasps> i got to have that, you know. And then you get one, it's like, can we go back to McDonald's tomorrow so I can get the next one and the next one and the next one. And then three weeks later, McDonald's has a new toy out and the old toys are just like clutter, right. They're not worth anything except to these little boys or these little kids. When you have kids, maybe that example doesn't apply to you. Maybe it's something else. Maybe you're walking down the mall and, and you see that, uh, you know, iPhone. <gasps> oh, I got abs. I got abs. You know, the commercial abs. You know, he's got abs. And you're like, whatever. Whatever you declare value to, whatever you give value to, that you worship. You declare its worth. It has value to you. So the reality of it is you and I are worshiping all the time. We are giving value to something. Does that make sense? Does it? Yeah. Now that we have a very simple definition of worship that we'll expand on later, um, tell me if you'd agree with this statement. Every day, all day long, in every place you worship, it's what you do, 
just who you are. Would you agree with that? Yes or no? It has to be one or the other. It can't be. Every day, all day long, you worship. It's who you, it's what you do, it's who you are. You're declaring value to something. Anybody say no? Do what? Anger is, anger is an emotional response to something you value. If you stub your toe and you're in pain, you value your toe. Anger is an emotional response to that. What about sleeping? Have your parents ever accused you of sleeping in too late? You value your sleep, right? So it's what you do. You sleep. You like ice cream, so you go eat ice cream, those kind of things. We are declaring value all day long, all the time. When you sit in school and you ignore the teacher, you don't value your education. You value your ignorance, so you're worshiping ignorance, unless the teacher's really stupid. Then you're valuing ignorance, and you're arrogant because you think you're smarter than the teacher. Make sense? <laughs> Y'all didn't like that one. Okay. What are some things we worship more often than God? And here's what it boils down to. The question isn't whether we, we are worshipers. The question is, and, and, and the question also isn't whether when we worship. The question is what we are worshiping and what we worship more than God. In other words, what we value more than God. Does it make sense? What do we give more worth? than God. You following me? Yes? It's, it's, put it this way. When you're in a dating relationship, that's a really easy measuring stick. Are you spending more time with your boyfriend or girlfriend than you are with God? That would be a significant indicator to you to what you value most. The older you get, you're going to get jobs one day, and you're going to value your money, especially when you have a family you have to support. Are you working more and stressing and fretting over work more than you're spending time with God? Not that the two have to be mutually exclusive. Does that make sense? Yeah. It can, yes. So, for example, like the job. Do I come here as a youth pastor to make money, to provide for my family? No. No. I come here because this is what God has called me to do. Him providing for my needs is a byproduct of me doing what God has called me to do. It's a matter of perspective, and it, it flows into what we value the most. If I came here to be a youth pastor, to hang out with you all all the time, I would be a, a, an emotional wreck. I would be in a loony bin because every four years you guys grow up and leave. Who in their right mind wants to establish strong bond relationships with people that are just walking out their life every four years? You guys cry if your friend from two weeks ago has a fight with you, argues over a piece of paper, and you're like, oh, we're just enemies now. We can't get along. And she likes Toto, and I like Toto. And it's just, right? The drama. And it's just like, ah. 
I would be an emotional wreck. I hate to tell you, but I'm not here for you above all else. I'm here for God. I'm here because God has called me. Listen, you guys are the cherry on top of the Sunday. You're not the Sunday. But you're a wonderful, you're, it's a wonderful uh, side result of serving God that I get the privilege of being in relationship with you. But if my, if my reason for being here is you, and you guys up in Weaver for four years, you guys have issues, you know, you, stuff happens, I would be an emotional wreck. I would never be able to get anything done. I would be of no benefit to you. Does that make sense? So, so Anna, while a lot of the stuff we do, yes, we benefit from, it's all about our motivation and what we value more, right? I'm married to Kim, and, and listen to me very strongly on this one because this one will impact all of you. When you get in that relationship with a significant other and you go to get married one day, if you're in that marriage for that other person, meaning you're in that for what I get from Kim, if the only reason I was married to Kim is because she's hot, I get to have sex with her, and, and we have this wonderful relationship and have wonderful kids, then our marriage is going to be rocky and it'll end up in divorce. Because Kim is not perfect, and the longer we live together, the more her fallibilities are evident to me. Does that make sense? The reason I'm married to Kim is because God has called me to enter into marriage relationship with her. Now, being married to her is a wonderful effect, a wonderful privilege. It's a gift from God. But if my sole reason for being in this marriage relationship with her is her, then it's doomed to fail. If I value her more than God. Does it make sense? Yes or no? It's subtle, but it's important. Our dreams for what we want to be or to have in the future, status, position, all of that, what we own, our car, makeup, clothes, all of that, all those things are things that we worship. It's not a question of whether we worship them. It's a question of whether we worship them more than God. Does that make sense? So worshiping God is not when we come in here on Sunday morning and sing songs to God. Worshiping God is a lifestyle. It should be happening all the time. One of the reasons we do the video series with you, which we haven't done in a while, but we're going to be getting back into, and parents ask me all the time, why do you have to watch secular shows and do this thing? Is because I'm trying to teach you through that. I'm trying to teach you how to walk through every aspect of life, valuing God more. And understanding that, for example, the food you eat, the place you sleep, the, the education you're receiving, the parents you have, those are all part of God's plan like we talked about last week, Sunday morning. God has a plan for you, a plan to prosper you, not to harm you. God has ordained the days of your life before he knit you together in your mother's womb, according to Psalms 139. And therefore, every aspect of your life as you're walking through it, no matter how mundane it might seem, you can... Worship God through that. You can have relationship with God through that. Even the tough times, even the bad times, even the times where you feel like God is not there and in control, you can have relationship with Him. You can worship Him by going to Him and saying, God, I don't understand why you're allowing this to happen. I don't get it. I need an answer from you. That 
is telling him, hey, I understand you're in control and I don't understand what's going on. So I want you to reveal some of that to me because you do know and I want to be in this relationship with you. I want to walk with you. I value you in the midst of this versus going, well, God, God couldn't want this. Where's God in this? Is God taking a nap? Is God gone? No. Same thing Elijah said to the prophets of Baal when they were going through this duel, you know, and he said, all right, y'all, y'all build your sacrifice, call on your gods to come and burn the sacrifice. I'll do the same. Whoever's God burns up the sacrifice, that's the one true God. And over 400 prophets of Baal build their altar, and they go, and they chant, and they do their worship, and they're cutting, and they're all this stuff all day long, and nothing happens. And Elijah's response to them, and you, you lose it in translation. When you look at the original language, what Elijah does is at the end of the day, he walks up to him and he says, where's your God? Is he on the pot? That is literally what he says. Where is your God? Is he using the bathroom that he's not answering you? And then Elijah turns and he prays and God comes and consumes the altar. And, and it's the same thing here. When we, when we think that we can limit God's worship to times that we ordain or we predestine in our daily or weekly activities, in other words, when we think that we can come in here on Sunday mornings and worship God, and the rest of the week, that, that is not an aspect of worshiping God, then we are sadly mistaken and we're fooling ourselves. When we do that, who we are valuing the most is ourselves. Because we're saying, God, I'm going to give you this hour of my schedule, but then the rest of this time, I'm doing what I want to do. In our life, when we come to the realization that, that we're worshiping all the time, then we can, and, and, and we want to worship God and value Him most, then we can have a shift in our thinking and everything we're doing throughout the day, we can be looking to see where is God in this? What is God trying to tell me through this? God, I know you're here with me, walking with me because your word says that you have instilled your spirit inside me. So why are you allowing me to walk through this today? Why did I get this flat tire? Man, I am mad, God. I was really in a hurry. So God, how about you reveal yourself in this? What's going on? But acknowledging him is valuing him. It's saying, God, you not only have my Sunday morning, you have my everything. When I'm happy, when I'm sad, when I'm mad, when I'm glad, I worship you. I give you value. I acknowledge that you are God and I am not. Communicate with him. Another way to put it would be pray without ceasing. That's what the word tells us to do. Does that make sense? So when you're cruising away in the Caribbean, like Michael and Connor, singing horrible karaoke, horrible. I mean, we're going to put that thing on home video and win some money for the youth group. The best part is watching the audience that are just loving it. When you're out there in the middle of the ocean on your cruise ship having fun, you're having fun, but you're having fun acknowledging that Jesus gives you this fun, then you're, you're valuing your vacation, but more importantly, you're valuing God, that God has given you this vacation. And suddenly, a cruise in the middle of the Caribbean can be a form of worship. Does that make sense? If our attitude is right, if our attitude is in the right place, if our value, what we value the most, is in the right place. Worship is an activity of the human soul. Now that we know what worship it is, and that we do it all the time, we need to be aware that we are constantly worshiping, like I said. This helps us focus on our walk with the Lord. Man, I know my notes so well. I've already said this. 
helps us focus on our Lord throughout the day in every circumstance. I'm either worshiping God with my desires and reactions or I'm worshiping something or someone else, usually me. Okay. Why do we crave something to worship? Why do we need something to champion, something to exalt, something to adore? Why do we need things to worship? Very good. Someone was listening because we were created to. It's in our DNA. We can't get away from it. Without, without putting God as our objective, we will end up worshiping all these little things, these fleeting things. Let me tell you something. Life, health, good figure, they're all fleeting things. They're all fleeting, and yet you and I will invest the majority of our effort and value in trying to keep and maintain those things. All those things will pass away. There's only one thing that remains, and that is God. So, yes, while this is the temple of the Holy Spirit and I need to keep it healthy, I don't need to spend 10, 20 hours a week working out so that I have a six-pack of abs that look great for the ladies and spend one hour a week singing songs to God and thinking that my life and my priorities are in check. Because I could spend 10 hours a week working out on my abs for the rest of my life, which is, according to statistics, maybe 40 more years. And then this world come to dust. But God, will remain through it all. And after this is gone, God will remain for eternity. So we need to walk through an exercise of making sure that we value God the most in everything we do. Okay, We were created to do so. Even our sin nature is merely our worship nature, twisted and turned by Satan to where instead of worshiping God, we're worshiping other things. Sin is when we worship anything above God. That is, we place other things before a desire to live for and to please God. Think about it. Satan in the garden, what did he tempt Eve with? Do what? Fruit. And what did he say would happen if they ate of the fruit that God told them not to? That they would know the difference between good and evil. In other words, you won't need God. You will have that knowledge yourself. And so Eve ate of the fruit. In other words, what Satan was saying was, listen, you won't need God. You can be God. And it's the same today in every sin we give into, right? The tenth piece of chocolate cake in an hour. We don't need it. You might want it, but you don't need it. You get constipated later. Whatever. Think about it. Every sin that we commit is by us placing value on something more than God. Well, I know I'm not supposed to date an unbeliever, but but when they say they love Jesus too, and Buddha, and Muhammad, and Oprah, but hey. Maybe I'll lead them in the right path, right? No, I'm, I'm 
your value and win more than God's standards for your life. We were made for God. We were made to worship God. 1 John 1.3, who has their Bible? All right, Colin, stand up and read it. Someone else be looking for Romans 11.36. And two other people look for those two other passages there. All right, stand up and read it. Yes, Romans 11.36. Turn around so everybody in the room can hear you. Read it loud. One three. Actually, it's just John one three. I'm sorry. First Corinthians eight six. Who has it? All right, Caroline, stand up, turn around, read it loud, like you're yelling at your brothers. No, 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 loud, like you're yelling at your brothers. All right, Colin, read it like you're yelling at Caroline for not yelling like her brothers. Okay. Yes, John 1, 3. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you. Next time I ask something on a Sunday morning, if you don't yell like that, I'm going to beat you. I know your dad, and he'll let me. Colossians 1.16. Yes, Connor. Very good. Listen, we were created to worship God, to walk in the garden with God, to walk in fellowship with him. And when Satan tempted Adam and Eve and they succumbed to temptation and they placed something of value above their relationship with God, walking in the garden with God, then humanity fell. But since that time, you and I have been worshiping. The problem is this, is that Satan is very smart and he knows that you and I were created with a nature that is deeper than what we today call our sin nature. Satan knows that we were created with a nature that is to worship God. And what Satan does, he's just so brilliant. He takes God's plan and he twists it just enough for us to where we fulfill our nature to worship, except instead of worshiping God, we worship other things. We give other things more value than God. Listen, I'm sorry if your boyfriend or girlfriend broke up with you, but you know what? Your God, the one who created you, who gives you breath of life, the one who provides parents that provide food and, and shelter for you, the one who's given you a future, he didn't break up with you. He's still the same. Your, in, your world did not end, or it shouldn't have ended when they dumped you or when they checked no. 
because your world should not be wrapped up in them. And, and in order to go forward in this series and to really understand worship, you and I have to have this mental shift. We need to understand that, w- and we need to start looking through God-tainted glasses, that everything we walk through, everything we experience in life, God is walking with us, and he wants to use that to bring us closer to him. People ask me all the time, how is it that everything is a sermon illustration to you? I mean, you can take anything and turn it into a sermon illustration. My father-in-law and mother-in-law now, every time they hear I'm preaching here for about the week prior, they start asking me, what are you going to preach about? Are you going to preach about this? Are you going to preach about this? Here, here. And they start giving me stuff. You know, they start talk, telling me a story. Now use that into a sermon illustration. It, there's nothing special about the way I prepare a sermon. It's really, it just all boils down to walking in, in, in harmony and walking in communion with God and learning to see and experience God and what he wants to show me out of every day of life he's given me, everything going through life. And it's an awesome way to look at things because then it doesn't matter whether you're going through sickness, fa- death in the family, tragedy, world travesty, whatever it is, I know that regardless of all that, that doesn't impact me and what I value the most. What is constantly, I'm placing constantly on the forefront of my mind is that God is the most important thing in my life. And all of that other stuff can change. It can come. It can go away. It can be given. It can be taken away. But God doesn't change. And as long as my value is God more than anything else, all these other things are blessings, and they're just things getting in the way. But when I walk through these things, then suddenly you'll be amazed. You'll be driving, you'll be riding in your car, and there'll be a tow truck in front of you, and you'll realize suddenly that, that every tow truck, the thing that they put under the car to tow it is a cross. And you'll go, oh, God, that's awesome. Thanks for telling me today that, that you're the one that comes and gives us a hitch every time we mess up. You'll be watching Kung Fu Panda, and you'll go, wow, this Eastern mythology is total nonsense, but there's some huge application here because God loved me. Yeah, and, and, you know, cha-ching, whatever. Skadoosh, yeah. Total awesomeness, whatever it is he says. In order to understand the scriptures, and understand what it has to say about worship, you have to comprehend this. You have to understand this, this fundamental aspect of worship because we are always worshiping something, always, all the time. What matters is whether we're worshiping God the most. So when I eat that chocolate sundae, I can say, oh, God, thank you that I was born in the United States and that you've given me enough money and blessed me enough that I can actually eat dessert more than once a month or ever, you know. Thank you, God, that I can enjoy this. And suddenly the ice cream sundae doesn't just taste good, it feels good, and it's God's way of saying, I love you, and I receive it as such. Does that make sense? Here's a good measuring stick, and with this I end. Here's a good measuring stick on whether we know whether we are valuing God more than everything else. When circumstances happen in our life, do we see that God is providing and caring for us? Or is our 
tendency that when circumstances happen in our life to wonder where God is in that circumstance. Does that make sense? When an earthquake hits Haiti, is my immediate response, God, thank you that you have, you're taking care of me and my family. Lord, I pray for those people down there. I pray that you would, that you would come and use this, this incident to reveal your glory and to bring people to you and, and, and to help families be saved from these. Or is your immediate response, how could God let something like this happen? That's a great measuring stick for you as to whether you're valuing God more or th- other things more than God. Because if you're valuing God more, then it doesn't matter what the circumstance is, you will be able to either go to him first or think about him first and seek him first. Or if your first response is to wonder where he is, it's because your circumstances, your world has totally turned upside down. You don't have control and you feel out of control. Then that would be a good indicator that maybe you're valuing other things more than God. And in order to understand what we're going to talk about in the next few weeks, this, this is the foundation upon which it must be laid. Cool? Hearing me? All right. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would uh, begin to move in us, that you would begin to reveal to us what it means to really worship you. I pray that you would begin to teach us, God, how to value you in the simple ways and in the simple things more than anything else. And, and that our lives would become truly a life of worship uh, to you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we pray that as we get ready to go to camp this next weekend, I pray that your Holy Spirit would prepare our hearts and our minds, that you would reveal yourself there, that we would have an encounter with you, walk away from that place changed. I pray for those who are wondering whether they should still go, those that are here and those that aren't. I pray your Holy Spirit would beckon them and call them. Um, to be, become a part of, of what you want to do there and that you'd make a way. Lord, help us have a wonderful week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.